Welcome to Clean Air for All by Yuhu. It's a podcast from Yuhu about creating a healthy home and life with good indoor air quality. Each month, we will speak with experts and share helpful information and insights about anything and everything that concerns the air we breathe and how we can protect the health and safety of our homes and families while we stay indoors. From understanding indoor pollutants, the benefits of ventilation, the importance of continuous air quality monitoring, to new technologies and more. Hey everyone, Greenman Matthias Gelber here. We are back with Michael following on from the open questions that we had on our last show. Michael, give us the revelation on the issue of water and getting excellent water quality in your home. How much will it cost us to have a full-blown reverse osmosis water system, smart system installed in our home? So a reverse osmosis system with the TVS meter in U.S. dollars on retail, you're looking at something around the five, $600 mark. And if you're a good handyman, you can do it yourself. Otherwise, it'll have to be a separate labor install. But what I want to emphasize is that your return on investment is going to be very quick because if you just calculate the amount of water you're buying, and then you divide it by the installation cost and the five $600 unit, you will be able to recover that within a year or two, right? After that, it's all a plus. And so anything that where you're investing and you're getting the return within a year, in the US, we calculated it and it's like half a year, less than a year based on a family of four buying bottled water. So it's very uh, economical and it's good for the environment and it's good for your health. So it's a triple win. Great, great. And it, the system needs electricity, right? It, it will consume some electricity and maybe you change the filter. But other than that, you don't have ongoing operational costs. So if you have an RO system with the tank and it's using pressure, then you don't need electricity. Mm -hmm. And those ones are a lot more lower cost. We can get those under 300, some even like 200, but uh, the ones that you don't have a tank, you save some space and it's free flow. So it'll go whenever you call for the water, it's just going to flow right through, not through a tank. Those types of systems need electricity because there's a pump. Yeah, great. But actually, it's cheaper than I thought it would be. I mean, yeah. between 300 to $600, that's a modest investment, I would say. I mean, here in the Philippines, you buy one aircon, and that's about the same amount of money that you're spending. And they are sucking up a lot more electricity. And I think this, uh, hopefully, it's it's a small pump, uh, should be a small pump, right? Because you, you don't really have to pump something up a huge distance. So uh, that's very, very interesting. So guys, if you, if you need water improvement, and do you actually have a website where we can see some of those devices that you are promoting uh, in your business? Sure. sure. So our website is uh, repure, that's R-E-P-U-R-E dot I-O. And we list all of our holistic solutions there. And some of the things that I'm speaking about are on there for you to see. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, just to recap, when Michael introduced the component of the smart home that focuses on health and wellness. He mentioned air quality, and we'll come to that in a minute. Then water, we tackled water. Then the, how is it called again? Car, car, circadian lighting circadian. or human-centric lighting. Human-centric lighting. What is that, Michael? So 
when artificial light was invented, obviously, uh, over 100 years ago, I think, over 100 years ago. So people stayed up longer. And the way that our body works, we have a circadian rhythm. So in the morning, when we wake up, certain levels uh, go up where it awakens us and we're more alert. And then throughout the day, we have to operate. We work or we, we do our jobs or we go to school. And then around 9 p.m., uh, uh, the melatonin levels in our body start to increase. And what that's doing is preparing us for deep sleep. And deep sleep is important because when we enter that state, the toxins and the stress and the, all the things that we generate in our brain, those neurotoxins start to drain out and they get cleansed. And our bodies, all our cells and organs start to recover and repair from all the stress during the day. So that's why it's important to sleep seven to eight hours a day minimum. That's what the latest science is showing. But what happens is when we look at our smartphones and computers and artificial lighting, it has blue light and the blue light suppresses melatonin production. So I always recommend to people around 9 p.m., a few hours before you should go to bed, you want to limit your blue light exposure and you will actually get better sleep and you'll be way more productive throughout the day. Now it reminds me of a story from a BPO outsourcing office that I visited three years ago in Metro Manila, where for the first time I heard about this circadian uh, rhythm. And the guy who was running that office was a, was a German, a fellow German. And he told me he installed this lighting system because they have people working there at night on night shift. It's like a 24 hour. And he basically wanted to improve the sleeping pattern of the staff. And he said it works because he tried flipping it around, like reverse manipulating stuff. <laughs> and he had had some staff coming up to him and say, hey, boss, I don't know what's happening, but I'm struggling to sleep. When I come home from work, I said, well, this thing is really working because he had tested it <laughs> on his employees. And these things matter and they are very, very important. Uh, and I think we will get more and more into understanding these issues. Is there a system that you can actually adopt for your home that helps you with that? So circadian lighting right now, so it's called tunable circadian lighting. So what happens is throughout the day, the temperature of the light mimics the sun, wherever you are, your GPS. So it's actually like, when you're working indoors, it's almost kind of like mimicking the sun, like you're actually outside and the sun. nothing will match being outside and getting exposure to the sun, but at least it's going to keep your circadian rhythms more in sync with the sun. The mass market products, they're not there yet. You can't get like a super cheap one with high quality where you can just install and experience it. I think uh, in the next couple of years, the pricing on these things will start to come down. And the mass market will be able to easily install these and experience the benefits of circadian lighting. But right now, it's kind of more of a high-end uh, luxury item right now. So what would be the cost of such a good system for a home? The, uh, the most expensive ones are going to be in the tens of thousands. <laughs> it's wow, very expensive wow. because mm -hmm. they're very high quality. Right now, if you go to the big box stores, you can actually get the tunable lights, but then it's not automated. So you have to kind of change the temperature on your phone. And it's kind of a hassle. 
but those are like $20 a bulb. So much more reasonable, but there will be a time where it's all, all going to be automated, like based on your time and location. You don't have to change the temperature uh, yourself manually, but that's going to take a little time. Yeah. So the affordable versions are not the smart versions, but the manual versions. Right, and, right. Uh, but we will see innovation in those fields soon. Definitely. I'm convinced about that. Now, let's look at the, the big item, the indoor air quality. I mean, that is very critical for the health of our families. I got myself a Yuhu device when my baby daughter was born because I want to get it right. What are the key components that you recommend we should have in a smart home for a smart home optimized indoor air quality setup? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to uh, kind of shed light to a report I just saw before we started here today. It came out of the UK in Europe, and it showed that 70% of UK homes are breathing unsafe air. Wow. 70%. So when I read this, my thought was, if each of them had a monitor, it's not going to be 70, because when they see the monitor, and it's like, your family is breathing unclean air, a percentage of that 70 is going to do something about it, right? So mm. monitoring is the first step of a smart mm. wellness environment. If you are showing poor levels of something, if you're smart, if your home is smart, it's got to do something about it. So the second component of a smart and healthy ecosystem is a control, a, something that can uh, accept the poor reading and activate an air purifier mm -hmm. or a ventilation system or keep your humidity in an optimal range. So the second is a control mechanism. Typically in the US and globally, that's a smart thermostat. So a smart thermostat can activate these things and take the cue from the monitor to activate these systems to remediate a pollution event or something that's negatively impacting your health. And then the third step or the third component of a smart and healthy home is the solution hardware. So a purification system, a whole house ventilation system, or a dehumidifier or a humidifier. So it's really those three components that make up a smart wellness ecosystem. That sounds quite comprehensive, maybe for some people a bit overwhelming. And again, if you want to get the full system in place and the system integrator coming to your house to kind of install it and link it all together. What, what's a realistic price tag for that? So it all depends on the level of quality, right? So you can, like we talked about water before, there's certain mm. levels of filtration and then there's top of the line. This is medical grade. So you can create a home that's pretty much cleaner than outdoors at all times, right? So that's really like the ultimate goal because uh, the EPA here in the US state that the indoor air is typically five, 10 times worse than outdoors. So we want to flip that, right? We want the indoors to always be better than the outdoors. And if you want to invest in a system that's going to give you peace of mind that your home is healthy in all aspects of air quality, the CO2 levels, the particulate levels, the humidity levels always being in the optimal range for health, you're looking at around $15,000, $20,000. And if you think about a home, like this is like a typical like average 2,000 square foot home here in the US, 
So if you think about it in the large scheme of things, if you're buying a home, the average home in the US probably where I live in New York, it's like over $500,000, right? So that investment, mm. is it really a value for peace of mind? Every homeowner has to decide for themselves. But for me, it's well worth the investment. Yeah, you, you've got a very good point there. I mean, we take some things as essential. Everybody has a heating system in cold countries where we have a winter. And if you live in a very hot country, let's say Dubai, uh, you have a cooling system. Here in the Philippines, it depends on the location and the design of the building. If you have a smart building that's been passively designed, you might be comfortable without a cooling air conditioning system. But it's it's a given as an essential. But because the indoor air quality aspects have kind of been hidden, we've been able to ignore them. COVID has brought them to the forefront. And you're right. For a half a million dollar home, spending fifteen to 20000 to optimize that part that could have a critical impact on your life expectancy actually isn't really that much of a big deal. Totally. I mean, it's all about perspective, right? Because when we, I always tell people that it's not an expense. These types of things that help you live longer, increase your quality of life, allow you to spend healthy, healthier, longer, healthier years with your loved ones, that's an investment, right? it's going to pay off over the long run. If you think of it as an expense and you're like, I don't want to do this, then it's going to come back and you're going to pay for it in another way decades later, whether it's medicine or treatment or whatever, right? So you have to look at it in that perspective. Yeah. I think people still have question marks about the, uh, let's say, direct empirical link between air quality issues and resulting health problems or costs or shorter lifespan. I mean, what is the scientific uh, evidence, uh, Michael, that we have that points us uh, to that direct connection? So that's why education is so important, Matthias, because people just don't know, right? If you don't know, you don't know. So there's a very specific tie to air pollution and decreased life expectancy. A study uh, two years ago showed that air pollution is cutting 1.8 years off a person's life on average globally. Uh, the eight, eight, close to 8 million people every year globally die prematurely specifically due to air pollution. Obviously, it's more concentrated in the highly polluted areas in Asia, but 8 million, that's more than I think COVID all up until now for two years, it's been 6 million. I don't want to undermine COVID, but the ongoing pandemic is actually air pollution, right? And then a third of all lung cancer, cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, and strokes, a third of them are directly attributed to air pollution. Wow. So if we're able to decrease our exposure to poor air, we're going to effectively decrease these catastrophic events that people face on a daily basis. Wow. Wow. Silent pandemic. That's that's a very good way of putting it. Now, uh, Michael, as a wrap up for all of our listeners, what are the devices that should be in that mix that they should have at home to really minimize the risk and achieve yeah. this indoor air quality being better than outside? Yeah. So I don't want I don't want to scare people because of the cost I sh I share fifteen mm. twenty. That's like a whole house 
a medical grade system, right? That will bring it, but you can always start piece by piece with a standalone system in your bedroom, in the living room where you spend the most time. So you can start somewhere and uh, you want to have at least a monitor that uh, tracks particulate radon, uh, CO2 levels, humidity levels, uh, chemicals, uh, ozone, things like that. Mm -hmm. Who is great at doing that? And then you want to have these pieces of hardware that can purify the air, a humidifier if it gets too dry or a dehumidifier if it gets too humid in the home. It's not good for health. You want to keep humidity between 30 and 60% relative humidity. And then uh, ventilation. You need to bring in outdoor air and filter it so that the CO2 levels are below, they say 800, that's the standard, but studies are showing that at 600 ppm, cognitive decline is starting to happen. So these are the core components of holistic air quality coverage. And it doesn't have to be the high end. You can start smaller for hundreds of dollars. Great. Excellent. Thanks so much, Michael, for the comprehensive insight. I learned a lot from you. I enjoyed our session together. And uh, hopefully a lot of people will take action after this podcast and get their smart home system together, particularly for the indoor air quality aspects and, you know, maybe the lighting aspect, the water aspect, and some of the other things we touched on. Thanks so much, Michael, for great insight. And see you all again in the next YooHoo podcast.